It's time for Tonia's Kitchen, taking you around the world of food and wine. Here is Tonia King. My guest today is Kat Ashmore, and today we are talking about the brand new book, Big Bites. Thanks for joining me, Kat. Thanks so much for having me. Your story is really interesting. You have an interesting background and how you got to this point of Big Bites. Tell our listeners of how you got there. You know, my my journey has not necessarily been a linear one, which I think is often the case for creatives. You know, like my parents were teachers their entire career. And that is less common these days, which is great news for moms like myself, that we get to have multiple acts in a lifetime, which is really exciting. I was working in marketing out of college. And um, in my late 20s, I decided to go to culinary school up in New York City. I was working a luxury real estate firm uh, in marketing. And I used to bring in little treats to the office. And, you know, I've always loved to cook and bake. And the caterer pulled out of an open house for a $40 million property on the water. And one of the brokers looked at me in desperation and was like, is there any way you could make some food for this? And <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was like, yeah, you know, and that's sort of my motto that I think has served me really well is say yes and figure it out later. And so <laughs> a bunch of food, everyone loved it. And so I did it a few more times. And I remember thinking to myself, um, you know, I enjoy this a whole lot more than the job I'm getting paid to do. And I'm not sure it's supposed to be that way. <laughs> so I took a look at some culinary schools up in New York City and decided to go to the Institute of Culinary Education. I was 28 years old and I knew that I didn't want to go into the restaurant business, um, but I wanted to go into the world of food media. And I wasn't even sure exactly what that looked like. It just felt like New York was the place that I needed to be. And so after culinary, school, I landed a position at the Martha show. And that was really, I guess, my big break, you can call it. And that set off the trajectory for um, this career that I have now. But even so, it hasn't, as I said, it hasn't been a linear one. I worked on the Martha Stewart show on the food producer team and produced the food segments that you saw anytime she was cooking. I did some on on air work with her as well, you know, cooking live and that sort of thing. And then, you know, eventually once I got married in 2015, I was in the suburbs in Connecticut and, you know, had a, a new baby and knew that we planned on having another one. And my career just didn't exist in the suburbs of Connecticut. So it meant I would need to be commuting into New York, which my husband was already doing. And, you know, neither of us would see our child. And I think a lot of moms face that kind of choice that doesn't really feel like a choice. Right. So, we, you know, we decided that I would stay home and I was a stay-at-home mom for three years. Um, and I was pretty rubbish at it. If I could be honest, I think when you're a creative, it's like having a, a new puppy in the house. <laughs> You've got to get them exercise or it's going to cause you a lot of trouble. And that was, that was definitely the case for me. It became very 2020 um, when the world shifted greatly uh, with the pandemic. Uh, it just like, I've got to make a change here. I need to have something that is mine. I need to get back to my creative roots and decided to join a program on TikTok. Uh, it just, the timing, the timing worked and I just consistently started creating again. And from there, a whole lot has opened up for me. 
You know, it is amazing what TikTok has done for so many people, right? Like who would have yeah. expected it to explode and, and explode your career again? That's right. That's right. You know, I think a lot of people, even my husband, truthfully, uh, when I when I joined TikTok, there were some nights where he would kind of be rolling his eyes like, oh, you're always <laughs> playing on TikTok. You know, he's definitely not laughing anymore. I can tell you that. Um, and, you know, TikTok was really trying to change their image in the eyes of the public away from this platform that kids danced on, which it, it was even then much more than that, but that was how people viewed it. So they took the opportunity with everyone being at home to enlist some high quality creators to educate, you know, and to bring entertainment and education to everyone who was in their homes. And so I got to be a part of that. So here you are developing recipes again now for so many people on social media. And this is your first book, right? Big Bites? My first book. It's my, it's my first book. I waited a while to write a cookbook and I've had opportunities in the past to write a book, but it didn't feel like the right time. And it is out of immense appreciation and respect for the cookbook industry and all of the talented chefs and cookbook authors that have come before me that I just felt like, why do I need to write a cookbook? Like, why does someone need a book for me with all of these fabulous cookbooks out there? If I'm not saying something different, I don't want to say anything at all yet. I want to wait until I'm really clear that people need a book for me, not just that I'm going to write a book to write a book. And then when I launched the Hungry Lady Salad series, which is a series that is the most popular and viral series that I've done. Um, I launched that in 20, God, what years? 2022, January, 2022. And I found myself in January looking around, kind of going, okay, all of these people is the new year, new you phase of most people's lives. You know, where do, where is everyone going if they're not slotted into a box? If if they're vegan, they're keto, they can go to these places. But what about all the people like me that just want to eat well, that just want to incorporate more veggies, get more protein, get their families and their children to fall in love with better food? Like, what about all those people? And I felt like they were getting left behind. So I created the Hungry Lady Salad Series, which were these big meal in a bowl salads that kept you really satisfied and are really exciting and tons of texture and flavor and lots of stuff going on. And people went wild for it. And, you know, I, I continue to receive so many messages from people all over the world about how it's changed their relationship with food and coming from a place of abundance toward healthy eating, you know, rather than telling you all the stuff you shouldn't be eating, right. you know, we're going to talk about all the stuff we're going to add to this plate, we're going to add to this bowl. And, um, you know, that's the way that I eat in my own life. And that has been everything for me. And well, thankfully, it's really resonated. And I love that you say this is a book about falling in love with real food. And mm -hmm. when I was reading your intro in the book about how important it is to eat real food and that makes you feel good. It's just so exciting to think about creating a menu that tastes really good and is also good for you. That's right. That's right. That is good for you. And I have a, a large community of women and moms and, you know, we need our energy. You know, we want to have mental focus. We don't want to feel like we are being jerked around by our hunger hormones all day long. You know, we want to feel, I want to empower 
people. I want to empower home cooks so that we can make mindful choices around food. And and that's, that's all I want. You know, I'm not dogmatic about anything. And sometimes real food is Doritos. Like if for you that day, you know, it's absolutely just having a relaxed attitude about it all. Let's talk about some of your delicious recipes yes. in this book. Can you share some with us? Mm-hmm. Of course. Tell us how to make something. Yes. So I, I will tell you one of the recipes and I just shared about it on social media this morning. So it's front of mind. Um, it's called su- superfood blender pancakes. And I make these once a week and they are packed with oats, eggs, almond butter, banana, and then frozen cauliflower rice. And before you think I'm crazy, (laughs) you know, cauliflower takes on the taste of whatever it's paired with. It adds bulk, it adds fiber, it adds fluffiness to the pancakes. And it is completely, you cannot taste it. Cauliflower really doesn't taste like anything, right? Which is why it's transformed itself into so many different things these days. Right. But my my kids love them. And, you know, I keep it very real about the fact that there are some afternoons where they're like, I, I want, just want to eat pirate's booty and I don't have the energy to fight them on it. And if I give them these pancakes for breakfast, I'm like, kid, go for it. You know, because <laughs> I know they have had a really you know, nutrient packed start to the day. And I am big on front loading when you can. And this is a great way to do that. But all you have to do is you take oats, you put them into a blender, you blend them for 10 seconds, and there you have oat oat flour. Okay, like I'm big on you don't need to buy oat flour, just process oats in a blender for 10 seconds, you have oat flour, then you add eggs, you add some almond butter, you add a ripe banana, and then you add a half a cup of cauliflower rice. You blend that up until it's emulsified. And then you add in some flour, baking powder, and salt and some almond milk. So once that's done, it's all done in the, in the blender. You're not even dirtying any bowls. You just go ahead and I heat some coconut oil on a griddle or a skillet. And then you just use a quarter cup measure. You fry the pancakes for a couple of minutes each side, and then they are ready to eat. And the great thing is You can put them in your fridge and then pop a few in the toaster oven for busy weekday more. You can freeze them. I'll often make a double batch. I'm really big on not having to make three or four different meals for your family. And this is a perfect example of that. I've got, of course, a Hungry Lady Salad chapter. It's the largest (laughs) chapter. It's 18 recipes. Uh, 14 of them are brand new. I feel like I've been keeping all these recipes a secret because I haven't been able to share about them. So now it's so exciting for me because I just know, I already know the recipes that are going to go, that people are going to go crazy for, because at this point I kind of have an idea. Everything is out of the box now with the book. (laughs) Yes. Everything's here. I know. And people are so excited to get their hands on it. There are two dinner chapters. And the reason for that is because I feel like dinner is really the Achilles heel for a lot of us home cooks, you know, oftentimes by 5 PM, I'm feeling terribly innovative or motivated. And it's just a matter of, I've got to put some food on the table. And so I have a weeknights chapter 
chapter. And then I also have a Sunday suppers chapter for when you have a little bit more time that I made just the other night. And with, you know, the Super Bowl coming up, they are sticky apricots oven baked wings and they are delicious. And one of the secrets is that you toss them in a bit of salt and some cornstarch, and then you put them in the fridge for a couple of hours and the cornstarch and the salt to dehydrate the skin so that they get nice and crispy. And the cornstarch also makes them nice and crispy. And then while they're doing their initial bake, you just make up a little sauce in a saucepan of apricot preserves and Worcestershire and soy sauce and Dijon and apple cider vinegar. And you just brush them onto the wings. You pop them back in. I mean, they're salty, they're sweet, they're, they're savory. They're just all of the things. They're fantastic. So that's what I'm really excited about. And then, you know, we've got a lot of classic recipes. I'm a very classic cook at my core. I'm classically trained. So my techniques tend to be fairly classic. I'm just looking at how can I modernize recipes, make them a little bit more achievable and make them a little bit more nourishing. So for an example, I have a French onion soup recipe in here. And it takes a lot of the classics of a great French onion soup, shows you how to develop flavor by properly caramelizing onions. But instead of having to deal with putting them in crocks that are oven safe and all of that jazz, we are just taking some baguette or some sourdough, putting the cheese on it, and then we are just brewing those separately. And then we're placing them on top of the soup and you get the exact same experience. So Again, I'm just trying to, you know, make it easier, more achievable, more fun to make these like really flavorful, abundant, exciting recipes. So many home cooks really appreciate that. Time is so precious in the kitchen if you have a family that you're trying to feed. And like you said, many times by the end of the day, we're wiped out and you have to think about still putting something on the table. Gosh, (laughs) I know. I know. It's true. I, I mean, even for me, and I love cooking as much as I love anything in the world. And it, you know, there are some nights where I'm kind of like, do I, again, I feel like I just made dinner. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Every single day that feels excessive. (laughs) We are talking with Kat Ashmore about her brand new book called Big Bites. Let's get another big bite to share. Yes. So I'm going to talk about dessert. Can I talk about dessert? Absolutely. All right, let's do it. So I've got lots of dessert recipes in here that, you know, of course, are ones that are totally reliable everyone's going to love. And it was born out of the idea that, you know, as I was wanting to get healthier after having my kids, there are times where I'd be bringing cookies somewhere. And I was kind of like, do I make cookies that I feel like I can eat four of if I want to? Or do I make cookies that are going to have mass appeal? And I don't want people to have to make that choice. I want to be able to provide recipes that everyone enjoy. And, you know, there's no difference whether it's my husband eating it or myself. So you will find in this chapter, everything from these coconut cornflake cookies, which are just crispy, and they're buttery, and they're just delicious. And they utilize cornflakes and oats to make up the bulk of what the actual cookie is. We're using coconut oil. And then, of course, one of my most viral recipes are avocado brownies. Oh, Yeah, these are called even fudgier avocado brownies. So 
I mean, they're really kind of a marvel because you're using a large avocado, which adds a bulk of volume. And of course, avocado has a lot of healthy fat in it naturally, right? So that right. is a lot of the fat, the fat component in these brownies, but there's also a bit of almond butter. There's a little bit of coffee, which just brings out the chocolate flavor. They're great to freeze. I always have these <laughs> in my freezer. So what made you think of adding avocados to brownies? Well, you know, I remember coming across an avocado mousse recipe with chocolate. And it made sense to me from the perspective of what part does avocado play in this recipe? And it's, oh, it's most of the fat in the recipe, but it also provides structure. So it makes it really easy because you're not having to temper eggs or do any of that stuff. You're just throwing it all into a blender and then you're chilling it and good to go. And it makes you feel good when you eat it, right? <laughs> that that See, that's the thing is that these recipes do help you so that your insulin isn't spiking like crazy and then you're crushing and you're starving an hour later and you're making poor food choices. It just helps you to feel more in control of what food choices you're making. Can't wait to try those. Wow. Avocado brownies. Yeah. How cool. Yeah, and, and really good. And, you know, you talk a lot about the different sugars that you use, the different oils that you use. You filled mm -hmm. the book with a lot of really good information. I'm so glad you think so, because that's really important to me. I think talking about the why in a recipe is really is really crucial. And the ingredients you use matter a lot. I mean, even something as simple as kosher salt, that right. diamond kosher salt is half as salty as Morton's kosher salt. People don't know. That. I mean, it's something that it just isn't talked about. And that can make a really big difference in a recipe. So I am always saying to people, you know, I don't want you to just read my recipes. I want you to listen to what I'm saying about the recipe. Because if you're just following recipes, you're not really learning to cook. It's like just following a GPS in your car. You're not really learning how to get anywhere. You're just following instructions. The why is really mm -hmm. a big factor. And it was fun reading yeah. your story about how when you were young, you'd take cookbooks on family trips to read. <laughs> I know. My my brother would be sitting there like, what? Is, there's no kitchen here. We're in a hotel room. Where are you cooking? And <laughs> But for me, it was just, a, you know, it's a story like any other. And it's a story that always ends well. It's always a happy story. Those are the places that I love to escape to the most. So tell me about Cat Can Cook. Is that your way to find you on social media? It is. So Cat Can Cook is my handle on social media across the board. So Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, all of the things. And then Kathleen Ashmore, my full name, dot com is my website. Well, and this, Big Bites is my cookbook. Yes, this, this yeah. book is very exciting. Before we end, do you want to share another one? Another recipe? Yeah. Um, I mean, I want to share all of them. How much yes. time do you have? But <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I like to talk about how I really enjoy making food that is decidedly unsexy, feel really sort of a little bit posh and sophisticated, but in a fun way. And the meatloaf recipe is a perfect example of that because, you know, let's be honest, meatloaf isn't the most beautiful thing to look at, but this meatloaf recipe is, it's lighter. So we're just using a bit less fat than a traditional meatloaf. And whenever I take out some of the fat, I'm always looking at how to impart more flavor. So we're using lots of jammy caramelized onions and some horseradish. Oh. And the way that I thought of that was that, you know, beef and horseradish, that's a classic 
combination. We know that that works. Oftentimes you would see prime rib with, you know, a fresh creamy horseradish sauce. So I thought to myself, why don't we do a meatloaf horseradish? And then to counteract the sort of spicy notes of the horseradish, bring in a little bit of sweetness from caramelized onions, which also adds moisture. So you're always looking at, if we're taking out a little fat, how are we going to put some moisture back in? And the onions not only add moisture, but add tons of flavor and people go crazy for that meatloaf. Oh my goodness. And is there any sauce related to that meatloaf at all or no? You just do a, like a simple traditional glaze. So, you know, you're using like the ketchup, the chili sauce, but really I invite people, you know, whether it's tomato sauce, whatever it is that you tend to, you know, I like to keep some elements feel a bit nostalgic and then, you know, just to honor the integrity of, of the recipe. But I mean, truthfully, you could leave the glaze off and it would still be packed with flavor. Kat, with your book, you're not really dealing with strictly gluten-free people, vegans, vegetarians. You're dealing with everybody, meat eaters and the whole kit and caboodle, right? Yes, yes, very much so. Even though I would say 96 to 97%, no, maybe 95% of the recipes are gluten-free, it's for everyone. I mean, it really is for everyone and there aren't going to be these esoteric ingredients in every recipe where people are like, I can't find that. I I don't know where to order that. And I like to give people options because the way I think about it is that it is dead simple to turn a gluten-free recipe into a gluten-filled recipe. I mean, you can always swap gluten-free flour for all-purpose flour, but the reverse is not always true. So I wanted to develop a lot of these recipes for people who do have those types of dietary restrictions. We are talking with Kat Ashmore about her new book called Big Bite. So you have the Hungry Lady Salads, you have the Cat Can Cook, you have the Big Bites Club. <laughs> where do where yeah. do you want most people to reach out? Is there one specific yeah. area that covers everything? Yes. So just come to Cat Can Cook on Instagram or TikTok, certainly. I tend to see my messages a bit easier on Instagram than I do on TikTok. So um, I would love to hear from you. And yeah, we have a lot of fun. I, I share recipes and lifestyle tips every day. I love it. Real food. Food, lots of fun and uh, just good eating. Thank you for your time today, Kat. I really enjoyed talking with you. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you'll subscribe to this podcast as we continue to take you around the world of food and wine on Tonia's Kitchen.